3rd of December, 1977. Often I take to just wandering the flats, trying to figure it all out. Certainly, it feels a very mysterious place. It is like, it is stepping, like stepping in and in out, out of a time of war. In and out of different worlds, from dangerous places into safe places. I was reminded of City Beneath the Sea, a film I'd seen as a kid. The diver explores the long-forgotten sunken city just as the earthquake strikes and long silent bells ring out their last defiant gesture as the towers crumble. When this giant artefact is located, years hence, when the seas have dried up with all the earthly bits and pieces hanging out, will the discoverers be at a loss to know what it did and why it was so big, big? Battleship on Eastgate. It was um, you couldn't avoid them really. You know they were, they were they were so massive and so so iconic that I think that everybody growing up in Leeds in that time, you know, no matter how young you were, you can always re remember the sight of the flats before they were torn down. It, it was a big old place. I mean the the playhouse, which I incidentally worked on when they built the playhouse. Um, the playhouse is there. The, the, quite a lot of other things are there. Uh, the Kremlin building, which, you know, that was a big old site. And I should imagine anybody wandering in on their own, uh, seeing us playing around, might have thought, oh, this is a bit intimidating. But it was a great place to grow up. Absolutely great place to grow up. Hello, my name is Martin Maguire. I lived here on the Quarry Hill site in, in Quarry Hill Flats from 1950 when I was born to 1973 when there were only me and my mum left and we um, we were rehoused up in Seacroft and we lived at the top end of Quarry Hill Flats near the Woodpecker Junction near York Road and uh, it was a wonderful experience. We sat in between the West Yorkshire Playhouse and the Leeds City College um, at the bottom of the hedgerow near the Eastgate roundabout and this is exactly where the archway would have been which was known as the Great Arch or, or part of the Great Curve which was called Osler House and this was the, the biggest part of Quarry Flats and this was the most central in regard to getting into town to the markets and to all the pubs and shops and that goes all the way round to where the wardrobe pub is I don't know if you know the wardrobe pub and it sweeps all the way round what they call Marsh Lane, right round, all the way round to the top side of what is uh, Quarry House, which is, uh, some people know it as the Kremlin, um, which is the social services uh, main offices. So it's round, round there to the Woodpecker Junction, to the bottom of York Road, and then sweeps all the way back down New York Road, and all the way down to Mabgate and to Regent Street, and comes back round to where we are now, at the bottom of the hedgerow. Massive sight. Third of December, 1976. Entering Quarry Hill from the market end, 
I was aware of how quiet it suddenly becomes on the inside. The great curve shields the traffic din and creates the impression of entering a secret place. Going in via the side entrances, the curious spiral wrought iron gates enhance this feeling even more. The visitors are people who didn't live there found them quite intimidating, but the people that were in there, you know, they really did feel a sense of belonging and togetherness because of the flats. And I think the part of that was the way that they were they were built. They were very um, insular in some respects. And, you know, when you walk through the arches, you were in the flats, you were in a, a different world, really. Um, and you couldn't really see, unless you looked through the arches, you couldn't really see the outside world. It was like another planet, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> of February 1978. The flats are dissolving rapidly and I have been considering them from the point of view as to what happens when they're no longer there. What will the photographs mean and what will I do with them? From on high it looks like a giant hieroglyph, a fussy reject from the Nazca Plains. Can it be visible from outer space, as with the Great Wall of China is supposed to be? And the bold way it launches itself into the city, like a comet on the make, challenging the town hall. This is actually a, a little drawing I did of the of Quarry Hill Flats. And it's got that shape, it's a bit like the Bauhaus symbol. It almost looks, from space, it looks like there's a massive, great big gas works that takes a chunk out of it because they wouldn't sell the land to the Leeds City Council. So, if you're a Martian flying, and I imagine this, if you're a Martian flying over, you'd see this giant face with this mouth here and two eyes and a great big forehead. Why is it that shape? Isn't it funny with this great curve at the top? The flats were named after dignitaries and famous people of the time or of the past. They decided to go alphabetically around the flats. Now, not everybody knows this. So if you start there with Jackson House, Jackson House goes round on the curve where it then joins Kitson House, which is near the Woodpecker Junction. Then we had five blocks of Lupton House. Then we have a number of blocks that belong to Monion House. Then we have four blocks that have belonged to Nielsen House and they're down near where it used to be the city of Mabgate pub. Then we have the wonderful sweeping arch of Osler House, probably the most photographed part of Quarry Flats. Then we have four blocks of Priestley House, which are dead in line with Nielsen House. Then we go into the centre and we have Rhodes House. Now Rhodes House is where all the shops were and the wash house. That's what we used to call it, the wash house. It probably had a posher name than that. But the wash house was a magnificent place.
you ask any child growing up in Foreign Flats, they'd go with mum to the wash house, even the lads, wouldn't do any washing or all like that, the lads, they just wanted to play and you put, oh, you're in and out the wash. You wouldn't get away with it today because health and safety, you know, but in those days, nobody bothered about things like that. And you'd play in the wash house, you could play hide and seek and tig. Nobody minded at all, you know. And it, it was a sensational place and the dryers, you pull out these big dryers and oh, the heat. But you know, you couldn't hide inside one of them, you'd never live. Everybody were gossiping, talking, you'd find out all sorts when you were there. <laughs> My mother used to love going and they had the big dryers that you used to pull out and hang your clothes over and push them back in, they were like a big heavy door. And then you'd go into the other room and they'd be doing their ironing. And uh, you could look out then in these big windows that you'd see over onto the Garden of Rest. For the ladies that, that went into that wash house, to wash their clothes and the drying, the drying room itself, it was absolutely steaming hot in there. And the, uh, that, the possers and uh, the big metal tubs to wash in. Um, I used to go down and help my mum occasionally, uh, but I, I tried to keep away from that if I could avoid it. <laughs> the wash house with its zigzag windows was amazing. Here was the real heart of Quarry Hill. Surely, there were drying racks on wheels, washing machines and DAS packets, motorised mangles and long ironing tables with the irons still in place. The view out showed controlled chaos encroaching on everything. Under my feet, the proof of people's lives, a chest x-ray, love letters from prison, English tests for a nation doctor, Debt warnings from Refuge House. Two toned 30 shoes neatly placed. Books from private libraries. Animal cages. Sooty and sweet wallpaper. Toys and hundreds of things. My grandmother did have great pride in her. She liked a little window box and she used to go by. Flowers from wherever she could, and of course there wasn't as many garden centres like there are now because everybody had give way to vegetables, and if she went past somebody's garden at a house or with a nice garden, she'd bend down and pick a little cutting, and end up putting it in a window box. Just playing under the arches, I used to love. I used to take a whip and top and play under the arches with that. Uh, play up scotch just like you would, but it was just under the even if it were raining or anything, you know, you were you were okay under there. You could stay out and, and stay out well all hours. And my mum didn't mind. She just because she knew we were okay. She'd just keep looking out for us every so often and shouting us. Bottom at flats had archways, and I used to throw a ball and jump. I thought that was fabulous. <laughs> and we used to have concerts for our kids in you know that opening zip flats and me. And um, Kathleen O'Neill, we used to boss all the kids, have them all sat on the floor doing concerts and making them know it's done. That was fun, man. yeah. Well, the main was, one was the fish shop, because my mum worked there for quite a while. Um, and I hope, well, probably people who run the fish shop are probably dead now, so I can say this, but I used to go in with 
if you go back prior to 71 say with a pound and I used to get sort of four times two bottles of pop and I used to give her the pound and she'd give me sort of most of it back but I'd just sort of nip in and just take all the stuff and walk away so I remember the fish shop well <laughs> we, used have, we used to have a lot of fish and chips uh, because they hardly cost anything you know we used to feed well on the fish shop Third of July, 1977. Down to Quarry Hill on the usual business. Quite a contrast to winter conditions. The grass has grown very high with seas of chickenweed dotted with vivid red poppies. No noise because the air is very still and most of the glass has gone so perhaps the vandals got fed up and left. Just the hiss of water from the burst pipes an intermittent drone of an aeroplane flying high overhead. This place now exerts a powerful grip and intrigues me greatly. There is something otherworldly about this enormous man-made edifice slipping quietly back into the undergrowth. And not just the structure, what's happening to the meaning? So many other people would criticise, oh, you live in Quarry Hill Flats, but we had inside toilets, we had baths, um, we had some strange systems known as the Garchi. Um, but from the inside, I, I've heard lots of people say, oh, I, w I wouldn't have dared go in there on my own, it was intimidating. But when you've grown up there, it never was intimidating. There was a definite, I think, identity. Um... You know, the fact that they had a, a song about the environment. I don't know any other area in Leeds that has its own its own song. You would have to be very careful if there were only two or three of you and you went out singing it. Let's say that there was an area uh, up, uh, which was the Prospect Pub, um, and the, the area up there which were all, the street names were all Bertha this, Bertha that, and we used to call that the Berthas. Now, if three of you had gone to the Prospect, on a Friday night, which we did for the entertainment, and had a, a drink too many, and come out singing the Quarry Hillers song, you might be in, in, in get yourself ready to run because there'd be about ten of the Berthers gang that lived, lived up nearer that were in the pub and would chase you back home. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, I can sing you I can sing you the Quarry Hillers song, no problem. <laughs> we are the Quarry Hillers. We stay up late at night. If anybody says, oh, there's bound to be a fight. Last night we were in trouble. Tonight will be the same. Tomorrow we'll be spending six months in Army Jail. In Army Jail, the British Daily. In Army Jail, there's a whale. I think to bring that together uh, was a result of the building. You know, I mean, Obviously, the people had to be there, and it's people that make that happen. But it was the kind of catalyst that allowed people to have that sense of community, uh, and that is very rare these days. You know, there are lots of lots of apartments in the city centre, but probably people don't know uh, their neighbour. They'll be half a mile long and six stories high. We'll call them the Quarry Hill Flats. My dad died in, in 22 Kitson House. He died and uh, I remember when the, the, uh, they came for him and uh, 
the lifts were narrow. I've mentioned how the lifts were narrow. And uh, <clears throat> they put him on a stretcher, strapped him to the stretcher. And they had to put, send, take him down the lift vertical, yeah, instead of horizontal. And I had to hold the lift open because they've shut automatically on them otherwise. So at my last image of my father, which was in 71, not long before we moved out, was him going down in this lift, you know, dead on a, on a stretcher. And um, I suppose when you see things like that, you know, that, that sort of like was the end for me in Quarry Hill. Um, 21 great years. Um, and I suppose it, it, it was fitting. It had a beginning, a massive, wonderful middle and a tragic end, really. So I couldn't get too upset about bricks and mortar being knocked down. You've been listening to a Better Songs production produced by Rosie Parsons and Verity Watts. It featured the voices of me, Peter Mitchell, along with Tony Baker, Martin Brennan, Jack Longbottom, Martin Maguire, Teresa Tosney, Margaret Shippen, Steve Pye, Becky Palfrey and Andy Gray. Special thanks go to Rudy Thomas, Don Maguire, Leeds City Museum, Colours May Vary, Tony Macaluso and Rum Doodle for the use of their song, The Quarry Hill Flats. The project was recorded entirely during lockdown and was funded by Leeds City College Arts Fund. Memento Mori is published by RRB Photo Books and is available via strangelyfamiliar.co.uk. The Quarry Hill Flats